0: Welcome to PR360, where every week the brightest minds in public relations, communications, and media discuss the topics and trends you need to know about. PR360 was produced in partnership with Global Results Communications. Now here's your host, Todd Perry.
1: Welcome back to PR 360. My guest today is Shelby Yonner, a chief publicity officer at Zilker Media, uh, and who's passionate about helping thought leaders and brands share their stories. As an accomplished PR professional, Shelby has overseen dozens of publicity campaigns, including three New York Times best-selling books, and the national best-selling series Chicken Soup for the Soul. Uh, directing local and regional publicity for ten series titles a year. Uh, Shelby, is there anything I've missed?
0: Um, no, <laughs> it's crazy when you know, whenever you hear it, kind of like all out like that um, to kind of look back but yeah I've been in PR for um, like 11 years now which is insane and <laughs> I absolutely love it I still love it I'm still going um, and so I'm, I'm happy to be here today
1: oh great you know it's funny just reading your introduction uh, you're talking about directing local and regional publicity for the chicken soup series do they really put out 10 a year
0: Uh, Yeah, it's about 10 a year. It definitely fluctuates, um, but they have a really cool model that's been going for many, many years now. You know, there's 101 stories in each book, um, each contributed by an author. And so we have 101, you know, local and regional markets that we can go to with a really fun local angle. A lot Mm. of people are really excited to hear that someone in their town or community has contributed to the chicken suit for the soul series you know depending on your generation you have some really you know exciting and fond memories of those of those books um and so that's what we've been doing for over 10 years now um, and it's really fun to work with chicken soup for the soul because their authors. A lot of them are first time authors and so Mm. they're just thrilled to be in the books. They're so excited when I email them and I say, Hey, I'm your publicist for this book. I'm going to see if your local newspaper or, you know, your local radio wants to interview about being in the book. Um, And so it's a really fun group to work with.
1: Now, I'm thinking like there's a, there's an interesting thing where you know when you're doing anything you're doing a whole when you're doing a whole bunch of it, like you're doing podcasts, you know to do a, a hundred shows and for some reason, one really pops off and you're like, we got a ton of listeners to that episode. Um, And you you try to figure out why, you know, Uh, is there anything with Chicken Soup for the Soul where it just happens to be maybe there's one book or one version of it that does a lot better for some interesting reason or do they perform rather consistently?
0: Yeah, I'm not like super involved in the publishing side, but I do know that their books about like angels and miracles do really well. So Mm -hmm. they usually have one of those every few years. They also always have books around like funny dog or cat stories. Um, every couple of years they'll do some of those and then they will partner with, um, I think they partner with the American humane society. I think that's been an ongoing partnership. Um, some of the royalties going towards that organization so they definitely have different books that they bring back that do really well but they'll mix it up you know the um the editor Amy Newmark is really passionate about kind of like life lessons that come up over and over again in the books Mm -hmm. and so um you know though recently we just did a book on Getting outside your comfort zone, um, and so I think, like you know, having really like tangible advice out of these feel good stories is another like theme that they've had over the past few years.
1: Mm. You know, I think that's very true. I think when this. When, when I do this podcast and it's effective is when I have a guest that gives specific details about you know personal branding here's how we do it or um, the, the, you know that doesn't talk about things in a general way but gives something that there's a real benefit to the listener and then when I do um, I, I write for a company called upworthy uh, when I'm not doing this and the stories that do the best are the ones that have some kind of tangible takeaway so you know yeah there's something to be said about creating media that has a real benefit to people, and people will appreciate it, and people will uh, consume it, buy it, click on it, you know, whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Upworthy and Chicken Soup for the Soul. Those are definitely some, there's some synergy there. Um, and yeah, I think that's why the series has continued to do so well. They just hit 30 years this summer of wow. the original book. Yeah. Wow.
1: As the two-time award winner of Michael Smart's PR Best Pitch of the Year award, can you explain to our audience what makes a great pitch?
0: Yeah, um wow, I think, you know, what makes a good pitch and so, you know, pitching media, I think what people always say is, you know, know your audience, know who you're pitching you know, the specific writer, what do they cover? So people probably pitch you all the time at Upworthy, probably with, you know, garbage things that you don't <laughs> cover. Maybe you're in Cision or another media database and you're like tagged with something. So I think it's really taking the time to do the research and looking at that person, what do they cover? Um, I think that is like number one. Um Like, and that's outside of like any story you're pitching. Like, obviously, in an ideal world, we would all have amazing stories to pitch all the time. Mm -hmm. But sometimes that's just not true. Like, sometimes (laughs) there is no news. um, Or maybe a client wants you to pitch something and like you don't think it's maybe the strongest angle but they are really excited about it so i think that's the most important thing is just knowing who you're pitching and knowing what they cover knowing their audience outside of like any media angle or any story
1: cool Uh, I've, I've talked with people in the past on the show about many times when the client is very excited about something and thinks it's newsworthy, but it might just because they're a little too close to the product and care a little too much about what they're doing. And the general public may not be that excited that they hired a new person in accounting and they want to blast it out to the New York times, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. And especially, you know, I come from doing a lot of book PR and Um, so outside of chicken soup, this will I help, you know, other authors with their books and it is a very emotional experience and connection, even for like the driest of material. Right. Mm. Like, you know, I've worked with a lot of business books in the past and, um, yeah. So, you know, a lot of PR is, I think, just education and sometimes, you know if a client is really excited about a story idea, you know, I don't know everything. I'm willing to to try something new. So it's definitely a fine line to walk there.
1: Yeah, so you mentioned that you've um, done PR for a bunch of like best-selling books and stuff. Has there ever been a book that surprised you in the way it really connected with people? Because, again, you're just saying, like, you know, I don't know everything. Sometimes things really pop off or or hit with people or people really resonate. Or maybe there was something in the book that uh, the public was really interested in, so you got a lot of interviews or, you know, um, anything, just any great surprising stories that come from that.
0: Yeah, I'll talk about a book that I worked on Probably like seven or eight years ago at this point, but it was a book about business jargon and it was illustrated and it was kind of more of like a novelty book, like it was very short. Um, but that one did so well just because I think everyone in the corporate world is, you know, no matter what industry you're in you like make fun of the terrible jargon in your industry. Um, and so it was like an, it was supposed to be like an illustrated, um, like dictionary almost. Um, and the author, his name, um, is James Sudikow and I haven't talked to him in years now. I should email him. Um, but he was actually like a consultant. So, Like, it did work for him. He would, you know, kind of talk about, you know, let's just have, like, plain language and Mm. how to, like, communicate better at work. But the book itself was very funny and had very funny illustrations. So that was a book that when I first got, I was like, I'm not, you know, so sure about this, but it did really well. And it was one of those topics that we could keep pitching for, like, years after Uh. the book came out.
1: Oh, that's great. It's one of those things where somebody tapped into... Something everyone is thinking, but no one's saying out loud, and they wrote a book about it, right? Right, yeah. At a, At Zilker Media, uh, I guess you guys are working, uh, you have a new podcast guest uh, program that you're running, or way way to uh, help people get booked onto shows. Can you explain that? And I um, also, uh, my ears are open for guests <laughs> doing this show. It's always great to get a good guest. So, how how are you helping your clients get onto podcasts?
0: Yeah, so at Zilker Media, we run PR campaigns for our clients, and we can do any type of PR, not just podcasts, although that is one that we're really passionate about, our clients are really excited about. Um, So not only do we help our clients get on really awesome podcasts like this one, um, but, you know, I, I have become so passionate about podcast guesting over the years. And I really think it's something that anyone can do. I don't think you need to go and hire a publicist and be on a monthly retainer. Um, I think a lot of people are already listening to a lot of the podcasts. That would be good for them to guest on or maybe they they see their friends guesting and they just need like a little bit of help of how do i actually go to a podcaster and what is the email that's going to get their attention or Maybe they have a great message, but they can't find podcasts. So Podcast Guest Insider is something that we rolled out um, where you get two emails a month with podcasts to pitch yourself to. It has exactly the kind of guests that they're looking for. It has their email address. Um, And so it's a way anyone can benefit um, to get the benefit of guesting on podcasts without going out and necessarily hiring a publicist because you might not be able to afford it you might not need it honestly um, and so I think it's hopefully you know a great option for people
1: Great and then how can people learn more about that?
0: Yeah. So if you go to podcastguestinsider.com, we're giving away uh, a first month free and we have three niches. We have business leadership, entrepreneurship, and healthcare. So if you are within one of those niches, um, or even if you have a client or someone you work with in one of those niches, you can go. And so that would be 10 podcasts that you get for, you know, free with the contact information.
1: Oh, wow. That's cool. Uh, I mean, obviously, this is a new big way that people can, you know, promote themselves or promote their businesses. And I think it's one of the most effective because it's such an intimate thing. You know, and if somebody's a great guest and and interesting, um, then people develop a real connection to them by listening to this medium because I think it's really intimate. So, uh, if people can make that work, then uh, I think... um, be very effective for, you know, whatever they happen to be promoting. Uh, You also uh, are an advocate for uh, helping your clients take advantage of micromedia. How would you define micromedia and how do you get people uh, noticed through it?
0: Yeah, so micromedia is any sort of like niche media. Um, So it can be a podcast. It can be... A newsletter. It can be, you know, Substack is kind of blowing up right now. A lot of journalists kind of moving their audience over to a newsletter. So it's anything where, like, if you're just looking at the audience number, the reach, you might be like, well, that's kind of small. Like, is it really worth my time going on a podcast if only like a thousand people listen to it? And so we're trying to think really strategically. And so many of our clients have really like niched down into who they're trying to reach so a lot of times it makes sense to go on a more you know niche micromedia podcast or newsletter you know that makes more sense you know getting on forbes or something with like a flashy name is of course very exciting but it's not going to actually reach the same audience and get really that like direct ROI Mm. um, that going somewhere where you're like actually reaching exactly who you're trying to sell to. So, you know, it can be a trade publication, something very B2B, but that's how I define micromedia. Like where it's a very kind of like small, very specific audience.
1: Yeah. Now how does that lead into personal branding? Uh, as as someone who's an expert in that, it's one of my favorite topics that I talk to people about on the show because it's always very interesting uh, and the fact that people contain multitudes, right? But when you're building a personal brand, you have to kind of narrow down your focus as to what you do. So what are some of your tips for personal branding?
0: Yeah, definitely narrowing down your focus. And, you know, they say the riches are in the the niches. So I mm. think number 1 that's that definitely aligns with my philosophy of micromedia also when we think about personal branding uh you know like when we're talking about earned media going on podcasts doing things like that it's a lot of you know people i work with are like you know okay i did the podcast and now they think people are just going to listen to the podcast and like reach out to them and then mm. they're going to start selling and or <laughs> doing whatever. So, you know, going on the podcast or even, you know, getting some sort of feature in Forbes, that's really only half of it. So much of personal branding, I think that a lot of people miss out on is remarketing is what we call it so um depending on where your audience is a lot of our clients are on linkedin so um like after that interview goes live make sure you're posting it on linkedin Mm -hmm. like two to three times like you know obviously spacing it out a couple weeks um putting it in your newsletter um really like getting all the bang for your buck out of it because you know, you're growing your audience and people in your audience are going to be like, wow, they went on a podcast. That's so cool. They're such an expert in this topic. They're probably not going to listen to the interview. Like some of them will, but you know, you almost got to take your ego out of it and think of it like realistically, like, you know, just being seen as doing this media is going to help your brand. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, you know, you, you, you don't want to be building your personal brand for egotistical reasons. A lot of it is people trust you more when they are like, oh, they're an expert. They're going on podcasts. Like I see them as an expert in this topic. So when I'm ready to book a speaker for my next conference i'm gonna think of this person um so that's you know i i really think of personal branding from the earned media side because that's what i'm in every day and so um that's kind of how i think of it i'm not necessarily like people are gonna listen to that interview and then pick up the phone like i just don't think that is really like how it works most of the time yeah
1: and you know it's it's all about credibility when it comes to your right. brand, and I you know, okay, if I were to come to you, I would say, you know, Shelby Todd Perry's personal brand is really screwed up right now because <laughs> i do I do the p r three sixty podcast, which is you know um, you know which I'm talking about p r talking about media communications, and then the uh, I've done a podcast on spirituality. I've done podcasts, kind of a comedy thing, and so and then I do upworthy stuff, and so then and then I did something on the history of marine life parks. So I I I I don't know what part of me that like when I'm on Twitter and I'm tweeting something, I'm like, is this the guy who did the spirituality show? Is this the PR guy? Is this the guy who did the the thing on uh, LA historical landmarks? So I don't know, and I'm like. Would I be more successful in life if I just stuck to one thing or, you know?
0: It's- yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, people contain multitudes. And so you can have your personal brand being someone who is interested in a lot of different things. It sounds like, you know, one of the through lines is that you are a podcaster and a journalist mm-hmm. who is interested in these sorts of topics. Um, and so, you know... My, well, what would usually happen is our team would like sit down for a brainstorm and come up with like a tagline and mission statement that kind of marries these things together. But, um, you know, I, I I definitely think like the topics that you talk about, that doesn't have to like define your personal brand. It's mm. a little bit bigger than that. It's more about your like. Philosophies in life, and maybe your goals. Like, it, what is your goal with these projects that you've been working on? Um, so that's how I I think of it. Um, and that's too. I mean, that's what's great about having a personal brand. Like, if you had branded yourself about only under that podcast about LA's historical landmarks, then it would be really hard to do something else outside right. of it. You'd be like starting from zero,
1: right? That's good. See, that's why people come to you. That was good. I just learned more in that uh, forty-five seconds, and uh, you're going to help me make sense out of my life, Shelby. (laughs)
0: Happy to do so.
1: Uh, Let's see here. One last question. Uh, You've also done a whole bunch of work, maybe earlier in your career, on social media. Um, And I find that when whenever I talk to people who do a lot of work in social media, a lot of what Works is counterintuitive in, in many ways to what somebody looking at it from the outside might believe. Um, as someone with a background in social media campaigns, uh, what's one thing that people tend to get wrong who don't understand how social media works?
0: Yeah, I think one of the biggest things is, you know, what worked a year ago or even six months ago might not work. Now, um, things are always changing. Algorithms are always changing. Um, So I think that can be tough. I think another really thing that's hard for people is they think they need to be everywhere. They think Mm. they need to be on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Oh, I need to be on TikTok. I need to be on threads. That's not really the case. And that's really hard to do well. I mean... Mm people who are on all of those platforms employ like an army of content creators. (laughs) Like they're not hiring uh, someone off of Fiverr to run all of those channels. I mean, that's one thing I think people don't understand how much money it costs to like be on all of those channels and do it well. Um, But that's, you know, kind of a separate rant. So I think again, you really need to think about where your audience is and, choose like one platform and do it really well before you add in a second one and for a lot of people right now it's linkedin Mm. and that's another example of a platform changing because you're like linkedin linkedin is dumb like and it kind of was like a few years ago but i love linkedin now i think it's like so fun i think everyone is it's very like wholesome like everyone is just posting about like a cool thing they did at work and like Yeah. I want to give kudos to my friend. I don't, I don't maybe even know what she does at work a lot of the time. So that's cool to see. I think there are definitely some like cheesy LinkedIn influencers, but again, they're on there paying for someone to do that content or spending all the time to do that content themselves because it is working for them. So, um, I would definitely say give LinkedIn another look if anyone listening is like LinkedIn. Oh, what? That's stupid. Like Go take a look at it. It's definitely changed um, and it can be fun. It reminds me of like the early days of Facebook where (laughs) everyone was just posting and liking and there wasn't a lot of like trying to like, I don't know, look cool or post a really fancy graphic. What works really well on LinkedIn is like long form posts, just like text only posts, which is wild and also very counterintuitive.
1: You know, uh, I was talking to somebody. I, f- I forget which guest on this show, and those those long form posts uh, that are kind of broken up by each sentence. The guy jokingly called it broetry. That it was yeah, that's like pretty funny tech bros like that. and They called it broetry, <laughs> and I can't get that out of my mind. But anyway, uh, yeah. Shelby Yonner, it's been such a pleasure having you on PR three sixty. And speaking of LinkedIn, where can people find you on LinkedIn?
0: Yes, I am on LinkedIn, Shelby Yanner. That's Yonner with a J, J-A-N-N-E-R. Come find me. I post about mostly PR and earned media. Um, I, I post a lot about the really cool things that we're doing at social media or that we're doing at Zilker Media. Um, I guess like the cool like media our clients are getting that my um, awesome team of publicists is, is getting for our clients. But I'm over there and I would love to say hi.
1: Great. And uh, podcast guest. Oh, my, my handwriting is terrible. Uh, podcast guest for people who would like to uh, get booked on some shows like this one.
0: Yep, for sure. Podcast guest
1: Okay. Thank you so much, Shelby.
0: Thank you. PR 360 was produced by Todd Perry in partnership with Global Results Communications. Be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review wherever you get podcasts. Follow GRC on all socials at Global Results. Follow Todd on Twitter at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Talk to you next week.